0: Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Today, we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast the executive director of the Tennessee Pharmacist Association, or TPA. Micah Kost received his PharmD from the University of Tennessee College of Pharmacy and his Master's in Pharmacy Policy and Regulation through the University of Florida. Micah, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Hi, Hillary. It's great to be with you. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. We're excited to have you. So now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps and maybe tell us a little bit more about your personal life.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so I'm a second generation pharmacist. My dad uh, is a long-term care pharmacist and certainly taught me everything I know. I grew up scrubbing drug cabinets from long-term care facilities. And so even from a young age, I saw the influence that pharmacists could have in the healthcare system. And so really grappled onto that and, and wanted to become a pharmacist from an early age Um and so I, I think a lot of my passion for pharmacy comes from the direct influence of my dad and, and my mom uh, and kind of watching them as they grew up and, and, and being in a pharmacy family really had a, had a lot uh, to do with my career choice. Um, and I think whenever you look at a lot of the opportunities in healthcare, it was it was a natural fit to, to kind of plug into the association space, too. So I, I grew up at TPA meetings as a kid. Um, I was one of the TPA super kids. And so I went to all the kids programming. We got to meet a lot of the influential leaders in pharmacy in Tennessee. Um, And so I saw from an early age, kind of the influence of associations and how they fit into the healthcare system. Uh, Honestly, I was going to be a long-term care pharmacist up until my fourth year. And and one of uh, my pharmacy mentors encouraged me to do an executive residency in the association. So I I decided to take a leap of faith and, and take a year of residency uh, at the association just to try to figure out where it might lead uh, and it kind of led into a position on staff here doing research and education and uh, from there uh, kind of had an opportunity where my previous executive director Bettina Black uh, announced her retirement and so I said you know I might be able to make this a a full-time career uh, in the association industry and kind of haven't looked back since then I've been in here uh, two and a half years uh, so I kind of every day is a learning opportunity but it's it's been uh, a really really fun environment it's always neat to see pharmacy practice change and to kind of play a role in that uh, in helping our pharmacists and our pharmacy professionals across the state kind of advance their practice and so um, that's kind of my my pharmacy background, uh, from a personal standpoint, I, I'm always proud to, to say that I am uh, a homeschooler. Uh, me and my brothers were homeschooled as kids. And so uh, we got to spend a lot of time uh, with my mom and, and my dad uh, being homeschooled. And so that, I think, provided kind of a unique perspective uh, from the legislative arena. I came down as a kid. Uh, and lobbied for uh, equal rights for homeschooling. Uh, as, a, as a young kid, I got to see the legislative process. And so I think I saw a lot of value in that from a, just outside the pharmacy perspective. And so that, that kind of helped me move into this position too is seeing how you can affect change. Um, I live in Thompson Station, Tennessee uh, with my wife of 11 years. And we have two dogs that are rescue dogs and a rescue cat. And that's a uh, that's about the extent, I think, of my my uh, personal life. Um, but I'm just I'm thrilled to be on here.
0: Wow, Micah, thanks for sharing a little bit more. It was great to kind of hear that you've really been involved in pharmacy even from your early years, um, and you kind of thought that you had your your path carved out a little bit but I love that that you took kind of that leap of faith and tested out the association space tell us a little bit more about some of the big initiatives that you're working on right now as the executive director
1: yeah it's it's been really neat to see the progression of pharmacy practice obviously healthcare changes every single day and so as as pharmacists and pharmacy professionals we have to be on top of that as we go to make sure that in every discussion we're at, even if we're not invited, we have to kind of stick our foot in the door and say, you've got to include pharmacists and pharmacy professionals in this discussion. Um, There's a lot of, I think, uncertainty in the healthcare arena right now. Um, A lot of patients need a lot of services and, and most of our problems in the healthcare system are directly related to medication use. And so it just makes sense to include pharmacists in there as the medication experts. And so, you know, I think a lot of what we focus on at the association is, trying to find opportunities to, to insert pharmacists into new models of care, um, obviously with initiatives around patient-centered medical homes, accountable care organizations, uh, new and emerging models like that, uh, they may not necessarily understand the value of a pharmacist until we're able to, to kind of share with them kind of some of the unique challenges that our healthcare system currently has and kind of ways that pharmacists fit in. and so. You know, from a state perspective, we've, we've really worked off of some of the things that our fellow states have worked on. Uh, Tennessee was the second state to enact a, a specific piece of legislation this year um, that prohibits managed health insurance issuers from denying pharmacist inclusion in their medical provider networks. And that basically builds the framework at a state level for recognition of pharmacists provided patient care. Uh, within medical networks because we know that if you just look at pharmacy in a silo, drug costs continue to go up, especially uh, medications uh, are, are continuing to be on the rise and, and with those, a lot of costs go up. Um, but we know that if you look at medical outcomes for pharmacists, we know that pharmacists have the ability to reduce uh, costs for care, they have the opportunity to improve patient outcomes and really do affect patients' health uh, in a positive way. Uh, if we can just be included in the larger healthcare team. And so a lot of what we're focusing on is including pharmacists on that healthcare team. Uh, We actually enacted uh, through the legislature, uh, a law this year that sets up a brand new medication therapy management and Medicaid pilot program. And that program is gonna allow pharmacists to integrate into patient-centered medical homes that TennCare has uh, to recognize pharmacists, but also to allow them to provide medication therapy management services to the highest risk individuals And that program is going to start January 1, 2018. And so we're excited about that as well. It rolls right alongside some of the um, scope of practice changes that we've had around collaborative pharmacy practice. Um, The rules for collaborative practice in Tennessee went effective February of this year. And so that's going to open up some opportunities for pharmacists to partner with physicians and other prescribers uh, to really take a hold of the patient's medication therapy and optimize that, help with medication adherence, and... hopefully be a part of the team to to improve those patients uh, health outcomes and quality of life so uh, a lot of what we're focusing on at the association is directly tied to pharmacist inclusion uh, as providers Um, at a federal level we're still trying to get hr 592 and Senate bill 109 passed Um, and so we we continue to work on that through the social security act uh, and specifically the medicare program but at the state level we're taking every, every action possible to include pharmacists as part of the healthcare team.
0: Wow, Micah, that's really a lot of hard work that you all have been putting in, and I'm really excited to see and learn more about that legislation that's coming um, in the next few months. It sounds like a lot of your role has to do with education, you know, educating legislators, educating others about kind of that role of pharmacists. Can you tell us a little bit, maybe what are some of the skills that you have that have really lent themselves Uh, or lent itself well to serve you in your current role?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So I have an advantage at the association. My advantage is my members. Um, As TPA's executive director, you know, obviously I'm only one person and we have 132 legislators. And so a lot of the work on educating legislators has really been building a grassroots support system of all of our members so that if we do have an initiative where we're recognizing pharmacists as providers or trying to advocate for a medication therapy management pilot program and funding to support pharmacist provided care those are the types of things that i really really rely on our membership and our base to contact legislators and it, it, you know I'm, I'm really fortunate in that pharmacists are among the most trusted healthcare professionals and so anytime i go talk with legislators um, the discussion always comes up about who, who their personal pharmacist is. And whenever I find out who the pharmacist uh, is that that legislator knows and, and goes back to, it really is uh, a strategic advantage. We have two pharmacists in our legislature. Uh, both are senators. One of them is the lieutenant governor, Lieutenant Governor uh, Randy McNally, but also Senator Farrell Hale. And building those relationships with those pharmacists in the legislature has been really key also, we have some really strong physician tra- champions in the legislature, and uh, so the physician champions have really been instrumental in passing a lot of these these pieces of legislation. And then we've got uh, individuals in the legislature who aren't pharmacists and they don't have healthcare backgrounds, but they may know or have a personal relationship with pharmacists uh, that can really advocate on our behalf. And so a lot of the strength in in just advocacy for pharmacy in general comes, number one, from members in the association, but number two, it also comes from strong relationships with legislators who are willing to go to bat for pharmacy and for patient access to pharmacist-provided care. So a lot of my job is is relationship-based, just like most jobs. Uh, Knowing the relationships, building the relationships, maintaining the relationships, and strengthening them, that really has a lot to do with, um, I think, getting some of these legislative initiatives passed.
0: Absolutely. I think I think relationships definitely play a key role in not only being in a good relationship as a pharmacist to a patient, but networking and, and kind of um, interacting with others throughout the healthcare space. So Micah, you told us a lot about some of the benefits that the members provide. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about some of the benefits of being a member in a professional organization. I know for me, Um, When I moved to Nashville from Mississippi, you know, I didn't know as many people here Uh, coming from Ole Miss and and coming into Nashville. But I think that joining TPA and actually signing up for one of these committees was really helpful for me. Maybe you could could share a little bit more about some of the reasons, you know, that somebody might want to get involved in a professional organization.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a really great question. I, I remember the first time that you and I met was at our local district association. And so um, I think that's, that's one of the first things is, is to kind of engage with, with folks that are, that are kind of in the professional space um, and, and to build those relationships. Because you never really know kind of who's going to end up in what position. And so showing up and being present is, is number one for me. Um, it always has been in my professional career um, and I know it has been for you because like I said whenever you came in I think you you first engaged with the association and said like I want to be a part of of the association trying to try to find a place for me and so for for a professional association executive like myself um, those are the types of people we definitely want to engage in and make sure that we find you a role in a niche in the in the profession that that gives you professional fulfillment. Because at the end of the day, I think we all really want to feel professionally fulfilled. Uh, nothing concerns me more than when I see pharmacists and talk to them and they don't feel like they're making a difference professionally. They don't feel professionally fulfilled. And so I think getting involved in an association at its core is really giving you that, that fundamental human need of, of connection and, and professional fulfillment that I think all pharmacists really are looking for um, the second thing, I, I think, is, is building those relationships around uh, peers and potential employers uh, and, and potential employees, really. Um, we're all, we're all going to end up in a position uh, at some point where we hire people or we get hired by people. And so being able to connect up and, and build those relationships is key. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but five years down the road, um, you'll never really know who's going to end up in what position. And so making those professional connections and building those relationships is important. Um, I think professional development uh, as a new practitioner, the best way for me to, I think, uh, get involved uh, and to do the residency, uh, it was the best way for me to connect up and, and build on some of the skills that I was probably deficient at. Um, presenting, uh, standing in front of folks, giving you know presentations, CE, Those types of things, that wasn't something that I I had picked up in school. Um, The idea of of working on research grants, that was not something I picked up in school. And so for me, being a part of the association meant I could build on things that I was deficient in and weak in. um, And those things have really, in in my mind, uh, become more of a professional strength. And a lot of that is due to the people that I got uh, connected with. I surrounded myself with and and that kind of took me under their wing and taught me a lot. Um, And so for, for me, it really was about development, especially as a new practitioner, developing into the professional that I knew I could be, but I didn't have the skills or the wherewithal to figure out how to do on my own. And so that was really a big thing. Now in the association, my biggest, I think, advantage of being in an association is now if I need a health system expert. Or if I need, in your case, if I need somebody who works in charitable drug programs, I, I know those experts and I can go to those experts to, to get the information that I need. If it's a question from a legislator, or a question from the public or a, a news team, if, if they're asking about specific things, I know that, I, that there are, are pharmacists and pharmacy professionals that have my back and that I can go to for, for anything that I need. So that's, that's really been a, a, a neat thing for me to see over the past couple of years is to see how my professional network has grown and the strength of, of people that have strengths that I don't have that I can work with to, to get the information that I need. It's really been neat to see.
0: Absolutely. I think um, another part of, you know, being involved in an organization, like you said, was is that professional development. I know I had preceptors and, and mentors throughout pharmacy school that were all involved in the associations and um, you know, I think that paying it forward and and making sure that the the profession advances um, is really critical. Um, So, you know, Micah, what has been one of the the failures in your career and what lessons have you learned from that?
1: That's a, that's a fantastic question. I always, always challenge our students um, because I think we all want to come out of school and we want to be perfect at everything. and, And there are things that you, absolutely will fail in um, and and for me a lot of my failures have driven kind of a, a, a desire to, to see something succeed the next year um, I remember every year the legislature teaches me uh, something uh, a really valuable lesson And one year one year the lesson really was uh, you know if, if you get 85% of what you want in the legislature and a legislative initiative, if you get what you need, um, it's often really difficult to push for the other 15% if you're if you're negotiating. And I had this one specific instance where I was really pushing to change something in a different way. Um, and I wanted the language tweaked and I had gotten everything that I needed, but I pushed for a little bit more. And when I pushed for a little bit more, um, I got taught a valuable lesson in the legislative process that, you know, you, you can get humbled really quick in the whole process. And so I got humbled really quick and it was in a public environment. And, and I remember going back after I after I kind of got this this public tongue lashing, basically. And I went back and I sat down for about 30 minutes. And I said, you know, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this. And then after about 30 minutes, I said, you know what? That's enough sulking, let's get back at it. Uh, picked myself up by my bootstraps, showed up the next day. Uh, and, and ended up everything worked out just fine. Um, but, but there are certain instances that you'll always remember where you, you kind of question your abilities and you question whether you're in the right position and, and you really look at it, but you really do have to pick yourself up. Um, there, are, there are situations where you, you look at it and you go, man, I, I really could have handled that different, or I really could have handled that better, or man, I really wish I hadn't gotten in that situation. Um, but what you really do is you really focus on kind of the positives of what you've gained uh, the lessons you gained and really the opportunities for growth and if you can do that then then any failure is really just just going to drive you more it's not going to cut you off from from uh, the potential that you have and so I really had to learn that one the hard way um, I'll never forget that situation um, and it'll always stick with me but but a lot of that is is how you respond to it and and it I think it. I think it worked out okay, and and it really has driven me to do some other things that I think are, are really positive. Um, but it's really tough when you're in the middle of that lesson to to sit there and go, "Man, this is this is a valuable lesson to learn." To be honest with you.
0: Well, Micah, thanks for sharing a little bit. I I, I have to ask some of the failures, um, so we can kind of get to some of the successes. And I loved your response on it. it's it's really how you respond, and it's you're learning and and growing and, and, you know, kind of that great lesson in perseverance. Tell us what are some of the biggest successes that you've had in your career and what are you most proud of? And what are some of the key takeaways from that?
1: Um, Probably some of the things that I'm most proud of uh, are related to the ways that in a, a direct or indirect way, we've had an influence through the association on patients' lives. We've had a couple of research grants that have been really awesome. And and whenever you're working on a research grant as an association, when you don't provide direct patient care, oftentimes you don't get to see the people that the grants affect. You know that they affect patients, um, but they're often in a way that you're supporting pharmacists to be able to provide enhanced services or or more services. Um, There have been a couple instances where I've been able to go out on site visits for some of the the innovative research grants and and opportunities we provided to pharmacists. And I've been able to go out and and just spend a little bit of time talking to some of the folks that have been directly affected by the grants uh, through the pharmacists that have been able to provide the care. And the stories that they tell and the the smiles that they have shared and and, um, the instances where we can actually see that there's a visible difference uh, in patients' lives those are the things I think that make me most proud uh, to be a, a part of the organization, uh, to know that, that in some small way that, that I played a part in it. And uh, from a staff perspective, from, from uh, some respects, we, we as a staff had a direct influence on the, the, the betterment of, of patients' lives, knowing that, that my neighbors and my friends and my fellow Tennesseans have seen the benefit of, of some of the things we put into place. Those are the things that really stick with me and, and get me through some of the harder days in terms of being a part of the association, knowing that, that we're advancing pharmacist-provided care and knowing that pharmacists are going to be going out into these new roles and affecting patients' lives. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, I can go home and say, you know, what we did was worthwhile. The results mean something. Um, and really, to know that 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 patients actually are affected in a positive way by what we do at the association—that's what makes me most proud um, as an association exec.
0: That's such a great story to to hear. That you know you're in it for the right reasons. It's it's to to help improve patient lives, and and I I feel the same way. At not being. Involved in direct patient care, having those instances where you hear patient stories or you actually get to see the the impact that it that it has and the work that you do on those patients really does make such a difference. and And I think that's why probably all kind of in the in the healthcare field. So how do you stay current about what's going on in healthcare care and more specifically within the pharmacy field?
1: Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, in, in healthcare right now, I think a lot of people, whether you're looking at the Affordable Care Act repeal and replace efforts at the federal level, or you're looking at some of the innovations uh, that we've seen with Amazon, and, and they're looking at getting into the pharmacy industry, or or even looking at, at things with increasing skyrocketing drug costs for prescriptions, you know, I, I think they're... There are a lot of threats to patient access to care. But at the end of the day, um, whenever I look at the healthcare system, it really all comes down to that individual relationship with the patient and their pharmacist. And, and so as much as the larger system seems to be in flux, I really do think there's a lot of opportunity for pharmacists and, and the, the healthcare industry really in general to, to flip itself on its head and to figure out, okay, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and how do we do this better? Uh, and so a, as much as we are concerned about some of the, the things coming down the pipeline, I do think that there's, there's always going to be a fundamental need. Um, and I always go back to thinking about my grandparents and, and knowing that my grandparents are always going to need someone to help them through uh, whatever medication-related issues they need. Uh, and they're going to need somebody to help them navigate the, the medical system To know how to get access to care. They're going to need to know how to get to specialists and how to make sure that they're managing their medications appropriately. Those are the kind of things I think that regardless of how we look at, whether you're pro or anti-affordable care act, whether you want to repeal or replace or, or whether you want to expand Medicaid or anything else, at the end of the day, I still look at it as there's a fundamental need for patients to get access to care and, and I really do think that there's, there's still a lot of opportunity for innovation that we haven't seen yet. One of the, the most exciting things, I think, out of the future of pharmacy practice is uh, the student pharmacists that we have coming out are being trained interprofessionally as part of healthcare teams. And they're learning things that even 10 years ago, whenever I was in pharmacy school, we weren't being taught. Uh, and so it really is amazing to me to know that the the skill level that, that our students are are coming out of pharmacy school with and really the team mentality that not just our pharmacists but our physicians and nurses uh are our team members on the healthcare team, even if you go to social work and, and a lot of the behavioral health uh providers that we have, you know, these whole groups of of providers are now building collaborative practices around the whole patient. Um, And so I think there's a lot of focus on that. And I think we're going to see continued focus on that innovation, but in a way that actually produces outcomes and impact as opposed to just more services. So for me, it really is a positive thing. I I think we're learning a lot more about the healthcare system that we didn't know before. And we're realizing new barriers that we need to overcome. And I think the only way we can overcome them is by being part of that larger solution uh, of a, a larger healthcare team. So I, I, I'm definitely an optimist whenever it comes to this. I really do think there's a lot of opportunity. Yes, you can, you can absolutely see that there are threats, but, but I have a lot of optimism for the, the future of healthcare and, and practice, basically, due to, the, due to the, the new models of care that are coming out and some of the, the new practices that are being formed right now.
0: Absolutely, I think there's a really exciting future ahead for healthcare. There's a lot of innovation going on, and certainly these new pharmacists that are being trained in all the schools are are getting some excellent training and getting to have that interdisciplinary feel. Are there any particular websites or journals or things that that you like to kind of check out on a, a daily or weekly basis to keep you in the loop on what's going on?
1: yeah um well so there's a lot of things we we obviously track a lot of legislation and and rule making and and a lot of different things at the state level but a lot of the things that i use to to keep informed obviously i i try to stay as up on the social media fodder as much as possible there's a lot of stuff coming out and a lot of stuff to kind of grapple with i i track a lot of that and being a part of a state association that's also affiliated with our national associations, I, uh, I have the unique advantage in that I get to track our, our national association partners, and, and they keep me up to date on things that are happening at a national level. And so for me, a lot of it is, is maintaining those relationships with our national associations as well to keep an eye on some of the federal things that are coming down. We track all the state stuff and try to let our members know whenever things are coming, coming up for the, the, the state level. But and, and to be honest with you, I have a unique advantage in that I'm a state association executive, and I'm one of 50 states that have state association executives. And so I do have a network of, of state association executives that, that I can go back to and, and bounce ideas off of. And so a lot of, a lot of uh, the challenges we see at TPA are not unique to Tennessee. Some of them are unique, but a lot of them are not. A lot of them are being faced across the country. And so we all kind of build this support network of state association executives where, you know, we all come up with solutions and talk about opportunities and kind of what we're doing in our own state space to borrow ideas and and figure out how we might be able to provide better membership benefits and, and to Advanced practice in our own areas, and uh, a lot of my resources come from my fellow state executives and my national associations.
0: That's such a great thing to hear that that information sharing is happening, and we we do have really strong uh, associations, and and are glad that these leaders are talking to each other and communicating. So, Micah, this has been such a excellent time to talk with you and hear more about what it's like in the world of the association space. So grateful that you could spend a little bit of time with us. Um, As our last question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? What's some advice that you might be able to to tell them?
1: So I I guess I've always approached my pharmacy career in that I've always considered myself extremely fortunate to be in every position that I'm in. This one, I, you know, there are some days when I come in and I go, I don't know how I ended up in this position, but I, I'm entirely grateful to be here. And so I guess my advice to anybody who's looking at, at new opportunities and, and potential opportunities is to, to take those chances and to really build those relationships and, and don't be afraid to take those leaps of faith. If, if you're concerned about, a lot of things. Don't be concerned about a paycheck or don't be concerned about uh, future opportunities. Always look at the opportunity in front of you. And if it's a good opportunity, if you're surrounded by people that are going to support you and lift you up, I'm going to tell student pharmacists 100 times out of 100. I'm going to tell new practitioners 100 times out of 100. Uh, take advantage of those opportunities and don't be afraid to jump in the water both feet first. There are a lot of cool things going on in healthcare and there's a lot of innovative ideas. Don't be afraid to, to take that leap of faith because you never know where it's going to, to lead you. And you may you may end up at some point in my position and, and be running the Tennessee Pharmacists Association. So I would say there are always opportunities and don't be afraid to take those chances because you never know where they're going to lead. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you again, Micah, for joining us on Talk to Your Pharmacist. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon.
1: Hilary, it was my pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.